Hey, road overtime wins are always fun. Am I right? Am I right? Dear God, tell me I'm right. Well, I guess we'll have to discuss it. This is the push-off. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last weekend while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it is Dan. Jaguars aren't satisfied with one and five, right? <laughs> no, finally, off the schneid. Um, Dan, we got ourselves a uh, a week of games. Um, the way that, that it's kind of been explained to everybody is, uh, oh, you know, not great ones or this and that, and we'll see. We'll see what people think of week six after it's all said and done kind of thing. But you and me, overtime, <sighs> wins, like it, uh, back and forth, uh, heart rate up games, and we get to discuss those. Slugfests, shootouts. This is the sort of shit you you like football for you love to be on the winning end it's a heartbreaker for the other team but you know what fuck them they're not me and they're not you so go (laughs) go pound sand guys god that is how this life works week to week is it not um yeah so we're gonna jump right in and when you set up with this what what do you choose when you have to be one game of the week one game that stands out above the rest that you get to discuss Right off the bat, which one is it going to be? Well, it obviously has to be the Jaguars winning, finally. <laughs> Beating those Dolphins in London, 20-23. to 23. I hope you got up early. Dan, you picked it. I did indeed. This was the, very much the wisdom of Solomon choice, where it's like, oh, Cowboys great. had a great game, Vikings had a great game. Ah, fuck it, Jaguar news. <laughs> uh, I did. I did pick it. Um, Miami... <laughs> Did not look great crossing the pond. Oh. And in fairness, neither did Jacksonville. But, sure. um, you know, there's this is like watching two drunk people fight. It really was. <laughs> this whole thing was like, one of you is going to fall on your own head and knock yourself out. And lo and behold, it was the Miami Dolphins knocking themselves out Jeez. right near the end of this game. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this was tough. It was real sloppy kind of, you know, all the way through. Um, if it was not for a miraculous... A miraculous performance by my cousin Matt Wright. Uh, these Jaguars would be absolutely zero and six out the gate. But uh, yeah. not only did the Jaguars hit their first field goal of the season, which is ludicrous. No kidding. Itself, they hit two, and he had basically you know a walk off jobber. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, nobody stuck out to me as being particularly good in this game. I mean, if you look at the stats for Tua, they look okay. But if you watch the game film, he was all over the place. Um, You know, he was taking these sort of obvious dink and dunks, like that really helps his stats. He threw for over 300 yards, but that wasn't him. You know, a a lot of that is is Jalen Waddell being explosive, and, you know, he's just going to him. And as far as the Jaguars go, Trevor Lawrence had a good game for a rookie, but by no means do I see anything in Trevor Lawrence that makes me think he's, you know, the next great golden god. But still, a Jaguars win. Yeah, I I like uh, Lawrence 
buys time well and looks keeps his eyes down the field and he can throw the ball still on any move and wherever he is. That's what you have as golden stuff for Lawrence. That doesn't automatically mean wins. You actually have to have talent and a game plan and and a line and all that stuff around him. But, hey, you got that piece. And you know what? Yeah. I haven't seen that piece in, in a good while. Uh, sometimes, there's a long, long, long years of, uh, of NFL fandom where you don't have that. So, you know, go Jaguars. This is the longest losing, second to longest ever in the NFL losing streak. The longest, obviously, uh, continuously going. At mm. 20 games, it was finally ended. 20 games of, uh, of losses for the Jaguars, well over a year. And you're right, it kind of came down to just great kicks by that new kicker, right? They already cut Lambeau. He's an, he's an afterthought now. Oh, yeah. Thankfully so. Um, the one that... that scoops over from 54 out or whatever it was uh the announcer even was and i forget his who it was on uh sunday morning it was it was quite early um he's like nope wait wait he did it like everybody's surprised that one was thrilled um you're right it was good i mean this was actually it was a fun game at the end yeah and yeah you're right uh waddle had a good game gasecki for the for the dolphins Robinson, when Robinson is used in the game, the Jaguars are well mm. in the game. That's that's how it works if if they realize that. But you're right; it's two bad teams. It's, I I put it at the top for a little fun. Uh, it started off the day on Sunday. Um, let me give you a little bit of mine. I was a little separate from two two weeks ago when we had the Sunday game start, and you could watch games all week long. I woke up quite early, sat down in my basement, and I did it. Um, and by that Chiefs Bills uh, Sunday nighter, I was burned out of football. I did it a little opposite this week. I had a travel. Um, yeah. I was coming back from a vacation, so I missed a good amount of the end of the noon game hour. <laughs> oh boy! So we'll get to that. Yeah, you did. And, <laughs> yeah, and then the the uh, like landed at the end of the late game hours. So when the Cowboys game played, so yeah, trying to catch up on that stuff. It, it put me in a whole different mindset, though. I got to see the beginning of this game, this Jaguars and uh, Dolphins one, and I wasn't nearly as burned out. At this point, not nearly as burned out. I'm, I can still look at highlights and, and reviews and stuff like that uh, after because I didn't sit through the whole thing. You know, Even That's with all that traveling? The, the what? Even with all that traveling? Yeah, yeah. Even with all that traveling, I can, I can, I can sit down and watch some football now. Um but anyways, this one is not going to mean much other than draft pick spots at the end of the yeah. season. Um, the Dolphins look yeah look just horrendous, and uh, the Jaguars get a bye week. So the Jaguars, we'll see you in a week. We'll figure out something to talk about you next week, you know, Jaguars news. <laughs> but the Dolphins are going home, and the Atlanta Falcons come to town. Now, there's two bad teams as well. But who is worse? Dan, who's worse? Uh, I mean, right now, with all that travel, with not looking good overseas, I I got to give it to the kind of rested Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you, you have to think, coming off a of bye week, preparing, now you know that you're facing Tua, in all likelihood. Um, I, I got to give it to Atlanta. I, I don't think it's going to be a great game, but I'm going to give it to Atlanta. Yeah, I... Uh... Miami not getting a bye week after going to London is kind of surprising, especially that we have like six or six teams like on bye week this week, and it's Dolphins are not one. You know, you got to play the Falcons. 
Um, and you're playing them, I think, uh, early too at noon. Yeah, at noon. But, yeah. you know, um, no rest for the wicked or bad football teams. <laughs> I like the Falcons here too. I think so. Um, it, it's going to not be a very good game. It's going to kind of be an ugly one, but the Falcons can – I don't trust the Dolphins right now, so I like the Falcons to win. The the one thing that gives me pause is the Dolphins are at least coming home, but I, I don't think – uh, an away game means nearly as much after a bye anyway. So for the Falcons, it's 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 a wash, and I think they're just it's a field goal difference. But I think it's Falcons. Yep. Okay. Uh, that was fun in games. Let's we can talk about ours. We won. They were road wins. They were overtime. Whatever they were. Uh, Dan, I think you might have a little more cheery aspect of your <laughs> game than mine. So let's start there. Thirty-five, twenty-nine in New England, in Foxborough. I'll let you take it from I here. Had, I had a fucking blast with this game. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody wrote an article that was great that was basically like, not even the Cowboys could beat the Cowboys <laughs> in this game. Because <laughs> that's really what it felt like. We were getting you know, penalized. Connor, Connor Williams was like, uh, yeah, holding's fine, right? No? Oh, yeah. shit. Like, he seemed legit <laughs> surprised that you can't just grab a dude by the collar and like, you know, <laughs> just grab him. Um, so that was shocking. Shocking how bad we were on penalties. Um, had a lot of bad turnovers. We talk about this all mm-hmm. the time. When you reach the ball over the goal line, especially against a Bill Belichick coach team, what do they do? They punch that shit out. And then all of a sudden you get yourself a touchback. So the fun thing was, if it wasn't for those turnovers in the red zone, this game would have been a fucking blowout. Because right, at yeah. no point was the Cowboys offense looking like they were going to slow down at all. And especially in the second half of this game where you're like, oh yeah, no, we can just score from fucking anywhere, anytime. 15, you know, basically 12 points in the fourth quarter just to get it tied up. But they scored in every single one of the quarters. You know, they put points up. There was not a quarter that went by that they didn't put points up. Um, The defense was getting pressure. Mac Jones is getting lit the fuck up. That offensive line in New England is not very good, but Mac Jones doesn't look bad. He looks... He's giving performances like a young Tom Brady did. That's not to equate him with Brady. It's not. It's just to say that he's fitting that system the way they want to run it. So good for him and good for New England. He doesn't look bad. He's not making crazy bad throws. But he was basically 7 for 7 in the first half, and he needed to be. He needed to be perfect. In the second half, he was about 50%. And that was the reason why we were able to kind of come back and, and take control of this game. I don't know where the Patriots are going. I don't think they're going to the playoffs, but I also don't think they're a bad team. I think they've got good talent on the defensive side. I think they've got, you know, uh, good talent on the offensive side. They need to address the offensive line. Um, it's for the first time in a long time. I think that's New England's weak spot. But holy shit, I I just don't know where you can go wrong with the Cowboys uh, defensively. They're getting pressure from the front four. The secondary is making plays. <laughs> Shrevon Diggs getting another pick that turns another. into a pick six. What do you, what do you want? I mean, I don't, who? He's got seven now, who, right? Seven? He's got seven. He's got seven with two pick sixes. I mean, Jeez. literally, he's he's a guy that is currently in the lead for defensive player of the year, and I don't think it's close yep. right now. Yeah. No. So I, I don't know where you look. You know, you're getting production from Zeke. You're getting production from Tony Pollard. You're getting production from every wide receiver. Cedric Wilson had a hero game today. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know what Dallas... I don't know how you stop them anymore. Um, you know, Michael Gallup is coming back after the bye week. 
people forget how fucking good that guy is. So now all of a sudden with Cedric Wilson, we've got four legit targets at wide receiver and Dalton Schultz at tight ends. How legit? How do you stop the Cowboys offense right now? You you have to make them hurt themselves. And so if we can't get the penalties under control, that's going to cost us against really good teams. But right now, as long as we get the penalties under control, I don't think there's a better offense in the league. Ooh, he's got some big words. He's got he's he's feeling it a little bit this week, and you can tell it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit though about the back and forth at the end of that game, and and your feelings at, at that moment. Uh, the pick six is is the big one because there was um eh, a little over three minutes left at that point. Yeah. So he, he, that makes it twenty seven twenty one. That takes the lead because you guys are down a point at that point, and then they go for two. Don't get it. Um, but. At that point, too, it kind of felt like this Patriots offense is probably not going to turn it up at, at random here. I mean, the, the the shot after that was just kind of luck, one guy taking a shot, yeah. Sure. I I actually was incredibly calm. Okay. I was incredibly calm. And the one thing I thought to myself was way too much time left on that clock. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think. That's all I could. Th- you know, that sort of feeling that you get when Tom Brady has two minutes left, or when Aaron Rodgers have two minutes left. You go, that's way too much time. Mm-hmm. You can't leave that much time and not expect us to at least get a field goal. Sure, if you're up by four, that's a challenge. You're up by three. We just got to get a field goal to tie this bitch. We're good. We'll be fine. Okay. And then Greg Zerline you- has been great all year. Yep, he does it. He was three for four. He hits the fifty yarder with twenty seconds left, and that puts it in overtime. Uh, they give the Patriots the ball first in overtime. Uh, that doesn't work out. They have to punt, and that that leads to the uh, Ceedee Lamb thirty-five yard walk off. Uh, I guess you can't call taunting when it's after the game's <laughs> over. <laughs> but that was very good taunting. That was oh very man, bye bye. Took offense to that, shoves them to the ground after. Yeah, I mean it was the game. It was the game, and you're gonna you, it. It's gonna hurt. So. Big win for Dallas, uh, especially back and forth one. And yeah, you guys get a bye week uh, here to get ready. The Patriots are at home. They're going to play the Jets, unless there's anything more you want to say about the big Cowboys win. I just feel great. I just feel good. Uh, Even our backup tackle, um, when Tyron Smith went out with an injury, came in and played admirably. So we don't even have our full, complete, healthy offensive line yet. Lael Collins is coming back. Um, yeah, you know, our starting right tackle is coming back and he's been off healthy for the past couple of weeks. So I'm hoping he comes back and this is just a road grader offense. Uh, again, I, I can't wait. I really can't. Okay. Sorry. I, I can talk right. about this forever. Well, the, we know what game we have to, uh, preface it. What game is coming back after this bye week? Oh, there yeah. is a big game that comes back after this bye week. So mm-hmm. we'll be leading up to it, uh, throughout here. Um, the Patriots get the Jets. It's Jets at Patriots this week. Um, what are we thinking on this one? Now, here something about the Patriots. You said it too. You, you don't know if they're real or not. They're two and four, and really, they are a uh, a bad punt snap away from being maybe one and five with the Texans yep. perhaps beating them even. So, uh, what do the Jets have a chance though? In in the yeah, I mean the Jets definitely have a Foxborough. chance. Right? The only thing that makes me give them pause is, once again, it's a rookie quarterback against Belichick. Um, oh, yeah. That, that's a worry. That's always a worry. So I'm going to pick the Patriots, 
but I'm not going to feel great about it, and I, I wouldn't be fucking shocked to see the Jets pull one out and, you know, maybe even get a tie. That That's weirdly the thing. I'm, I'm kind of predicting a tie to this <laughs> game because that would be a victory for the New York Jets. It really would. If you were able to kind of, like, nobody's expecting you to really beat the Patriots, but if you can just force a tie, <laughs> that's, that's all you need to do. Um, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Patriots at home uh, against the Jets. I know. I'd feel a whole lot better with this one if it was in New York. I think the Jets fans kind of would get behind it a whole lot more because I could feel a little like a, this is a Patriots team they could beat, they could actually take care of. So mm-hmm. I'll look for that one later in the season. This one, I'm taking the Patriots. I think the Patriots will handle it. Um, all right, we, we we did your win. Let's do mine. The Vikings beat the Panthers 34-28 overtime on the road. Neither of us picked it, but you know who nope. did? Your My mom. mom. Of course she would. She's, she's got those faith in those Vikings. No, we didn't pick this one. Um, who knows with these Vikings? There's been a lot of up and down. As I begin myself, uh, who really knows? And the Panthers are kind of the same. Um, mm-hmm. But in the long and short of it, it's still a win. A win is a win, and we move to 3-3. Three and three. How did I digest this game? I asked Dan uh, kind of to to give me his thoughts on the back and forth live because he got an opportunity to do that. I did not with this one. I was uh, traveling back from New Mexico, so I was on a flight that started in the fourth quarter of this game. Uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter of this game, I'm, I'm following it on my phone, but you know, you, you got to make sure you got enough battery that you can still scan your, your boarding pass as you walk <laughs> in the door. So it can't just fully give it over to the game. Um, I'm listening to the radio i'm watching it on my on my phone because i pay an enormous amount to uh at&t for for that ability (laughs) um but anyways the vikings are up a good 11 in the fourth quarter we all if you if you followed the game you know it and then the uh, panthers kicked a field goal uh with uh, a little over five or something left it was an eight point 20 to 28 game and my signal's going out i'm boarding the plane i'm thinking oh, let me at least l- uh, listen to it until they close the door you know and tell you you got to turn it off at that point <laughs> no no signal no signal from verizon sorry so i am waiting three more hours till that plane lands to see how it ended but I got a feeling it. It feels pretty good. They were in a good spot there after that blocked punt. Where the hell was that? You know, the Panthers dropping a lot of passes in the first half that I saw. Um, and Robbie Anderson looked awful. Just balls hitting him in the hands, not bringing it in. It was like I'm not too worried about this. Uh, Darnold's uh, stats were horrible. What what can they do to me? Kind of feeling at that point. Um, plane lands ready to taxi in. As we're taxiing in, I'm turning on my phone. I, I immediately, you know, like wheels hit the ground and I'm like, turn off that plane mo- oh, yeah. mode. Let's go. And it, um, I have all of the, the setups for just alerts. So at first I'm like, I'll just, I'll just hold it in my hand until I feel that buzz and then look and see what it says. There's no buzz and there's nothing happening. Well, screw this. I'm, I'm trying to load my fantasy team. I'm trying to load Google. Nothing's loading. I'm looking at the people next to me. They're three pictures down in Instagram, favoriting everything. I'm like, what is wrong with my phone here? Um, finally, I get a signal, and I'm texting my brother, did we win? Like, just tell me. We won this game. Get it back. Yes, we won. Took overtime to do it, but we did it. I'm like, what do you mean we went to overtime in this game? And then we'll talk more about it. Dan? <laughs> so, the 
I want to talk a little <laughs> bit because you're going to talk about the Vikings. I want to talk a yep. little bit about the Carolina Panthers. Okay, you do that now. Yeah, this Carolina Panthers team without Christian McCaffrey is very one-dimensional. Yeah, uh, Chuba Hubbard is not bad, but Chuba Hubbard is a backup running back. He is not Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold can run a little bit, but he is not Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore is a good wide receiver, but he is not Christian McCaffrey. And you can almost see that this entire offense is built around Christian McCaffrey, and without him, it sputters. Now, that being said, they were able to force a comeback without Christian McCaffrey. This is not a team that is devoid of talent. This is not a bad Carolina team, but this is a Carolina team that has now lost three straight and that's huge. Yeah. This is a team that was in it, was leading the NFC South, and has a chance to make the playoffs, but they've got to get Christian McCaffrey back, and they've got to get him healthy, and they've got to get him on the field being productive. However, he's on injured reserve. There is a chance they could lose another two games and free fall, and that is not befitting the talent on this team. This is a good defense. This is an offense that is one player away from being very productive. That being said... Not a mentally weak team. They were able to come back after getting beaten pretty soundly by the Vikings through the whole game. So I'll give them a little bit of dap there. But yeah, they just they lost a talent battle here near the end. Yeah. Um, uh, from what I heard too, uh, the Matt Rule is coaching this team with a whole lot of substitutions, um, changing up lineups like it's a college football team, holding up the big signs on the sidelines like every play seeing different people in and that's just not something that's that's done a lot yet maybe in the nfl maybe it's moving that way maybe that's something that is going to change but quite different to see that happening yeah in the game like that um i didn't think the vikings took advantage of it as much like go go up tempo then stop them from doing that and (laughs) you know play your game that way but I, i think they are stuck in their playing their game their way the one thing I did like, though, is the second half about this is Kirk Cousins, and uh, he they kind of gave him over the, the the opportunity to go out there and win it. Uh, he led two over uh, like game-winning drives, let's call them, because the one True. at the end of regulation after the Panthers tied it up, uh, that's what I got to do. So once I got home, the NFL put on YouTube, NFL Network or whatever, put on there that uh, a, like the last – you know, 30, 20 minutes of televised part of that game. Um, I think if, if anybody kept watching after the noon hour, this was the game you saw because yeah. all the arrests weren't close and they just like, all right, we'll go to extra time here in, in uh, Carolina. Uh, they started that drive at the four-yard line after the Vikings had to punt the ball back there because of shooting themselves in the foot to going out of field goal range. Though there was already another missed field goal, so... Here's again Vikings with like, hey, we got Joseph who's kicking 50-yard winners, and then he's also letting us down in big spots too. But it wouldn't be Vikings football without it. Moving from him, it's uh, Darnold hitting a 4th and 10 deep down the field to a blocking tight end. It's a 1 in 250 shot, and he gets it. And you're like, just disheveled because you're like, this is where I was supposed (laughs) to end. But this is Minnesota yeah, but this is Minnesota Vikings football. So this season, this is what we have to understand now is I said it, the Vikings play to their competition. 
they play their competition to the point of, oh, is there an opportunity for this to come down to a two-point conversion? Then let it come to it. Let it come to it. So they, they, they let them march down the field from that fourth down conversion, slow them up again right there in the red zone. It's a fourth and six. They get that one as well. So two fourth down conversions it takes to get them in there. Touchdown, two-point conversion. If I had to watch that live after I watched what the Lions did to him, I think I would be an entirely different person, like blood pressure level. Like and this is prob- upon your return from the land of enchantment. The Don't land of enchantment, my friend. Uh, it was up in the mountains. It was all a nice 20 degrees cooler, though I did drive some scary roads where that might have taken you know the, the blood pressure up. So <laughs> anyways... <laughs> Um, maybe it all balanced out, but no, God. I, so it almost is better. I didn't have to sit there for that, for at least that drive. Oof. But after at least that drive where the Vikings once again handed away a win, um, they, it was rest of it was them. Uh, Kirk had a great drive down there to get him in field goal range. Okay. It was missed, but then they get the ball in overtime. Once again, Kirk, another great drive. And I love that it ends with the third wide receiver in, uh, KJ, uh, Osborne, that's just, you know, build up that momentum in his mind and, and that confidence. Uh, if this is like the new plan here and, and, and what I'm hearing is like they're they're kind of letting Kirk Cousins, who's got a good idea in this offense, look out and go, all right, I've got a couple options here. I'm going to choose my favorite at the line. I like it. I'm liking what's what's happening here. And you pay him all that money, so give, him, give it over to him and let him do that stuff because – if it's just Zimmer, he wants you to run and run and run that ball, whether you know Dalvin Cook has two bad ankles or not. And sometimes that just ain't working. A Dalvin Cook is good. I mean, you do have to feed him the ball because he's he's going to gash you late in those games, and he does that to almost every team. But it, we like it wasn't against Detroit. You can't just turn around and hand that ball off every second along. <laughs> hey, coach, it's third and ten. What should we do? Draw play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, shouldn't we throw it? No, no, no. We'll make him think we're going to throw it. Then we'll do a draw play. <laughs> but no one thinks we're going to throw it. Okay, fine. Just straight up run it. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you're not listen, You're not learning the lesson, Zim. You got to let Kirk cook. You got to yeah, let the let, man cook. He's doing well. What, He's been sharp through the end of the games. Yeah, right. And that's where we're at. I think I agree with you. I think that's what it is now, so... Uh, Vikings going to bye week two, and then yeah, when we come back, it's the same thing. It's uh, it's matching up against your Cowboys. It's Vike, it's Cowboys and Vikings. This is after the bye though, so we got next week to really dice it down. Vikings did lose Patrick Peterson to a hamstring injury. He immediately went on IR, where you didn't really have to do that in a rush, you know, when you're going into a bye week. So that they're doing that now doesn't bode well for him. So. He will definitely not be in that Cowboys game. We're hoping maybe we get Michael Pierce back by then, but you know that's where that's where we're at with our injury woes. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say the Cowboys kick the shit out of you next week. <laughs> it's not even next week. No, no, you no, understand no. what I'm, I'm saying? The Cowboys are going to come up to Minnesota early. You don't know what you're talking about. Individually kick the shit out of the entire Vikings team, and then we'll play them next Sunday. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let me see how this goes. That's what I'm just saying. All right. Well, these are these are my favorite weeks of the podcast. <laughs> all of, all of that 
Uh, all that confidence. We'll see where it brings in the end. They still got to play the game. Five and one so far. So just five and one's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> good Let's. L- there's one more game in overtime <laughs> that that went to overtime in this week. So I think we should discuss that one next. That is the Sunday nighter. Seahawks Steelers. Uh, Steelers won at twenty three twenty. We both picked it. Um, my mom did go with the Seahawks in that one. So there you go. We got there her in that go. one finally. Um, Geno Smith starting this one, though, he hung in there quite well with them. They had the running game with Alex Collins. That was a big help. Um, it was funny. I wrote down. So usually what I do when I get these stats is uh, you got to give me over 100 yards total from scrimmage as a wide receiver running back for me to put you down. He had 101 rushing yards, but he did lose <laughs> three yards in passing. So technically – he had 97 total yards and a touchdown. So I got to I got to bring Collins down for that. Poor poor Alex. But uh otherwise it was Steelers and Harris in their defense with five sacks and Boswell with three field goals and TJ Watt. TJ Watt mm-hmm. now is just kind of taking over as one of those best defenders you have to you have to play against in this in this league. Sure glad we drafted Taco Charlton. Uh <laughs> god damn it. I mean, but here's the thing. T.J. Watt is balling out. T.J. Watt is, to your point, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, Outside linebacker in a blitz-heavy scheme, he is, like, when you think of prototype Steelers linebackers, like pressure linebackers, Kevin Green-type guys, this is it. Like, T.J. Watt is fucking killing it right now. I'll say this. I tombstoned the Seahawks, who are now 2-4 and in a murderous NFC West. I, I still hold to that tombstone, and one of the main reasons I hold to it is because Geno Smith actually didn't have a bad game, but that's the best you're going to get from Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and that you can't is all, pull out the win. Yeah. That's all you ask for a backup. Like, if you told me I got my backup quarterback, he threw for 200 yards and a touchdown with no interceptions and was about 66% on completions, I'd be like, great, that sounds awesome. And you still can't beat the Steelers team that is schizophrenic, does not know who they are as a team, and needs to run the goddamn ball more uh, to Najee Harris. I mean, I know he had 24 carries, but, like, motherfucker should be at 30. You know, <laughs> this he is really the team. Like, Big Ben does not look awesome. There's a bunch of really slow-developing plays. If it wasn't for a pretty good offensive line in Pittsburgh, he'd be on his ass. So, yeah, yeah, run it to Najee. Yeah, and I think there's plenty of uh, talent around here in, in Pittsburgh, too, that – this Roethlisberger thing is going to get worse before it gets better, I think, too. That's that's the worry. So you're right. If mm-hmm. The more you can give it to a young back who takes some miles off the old man's arm, the, the better for the Steelers moving forward. But am I scared of them? No, no. because the uh, the Seahawks took them to the, to the limit, and uh, they were making some questionable stuff throughout this game. But, yeah, it was still went to overtime impressively enough uh even when the Steelers started this game so strong they were up two touchdowns at halftime 14 nothing so if you're a Steelers fan I don't know how excited you are about this win either um but TJ Watt there is forces the fumble that leads them to uh winning this game now because both teams already had the ball in overtime the Steelers decide to basically kneel it twice and kick that field goal on third down, which, uh, thank God, it was close enough for Boswell to, to pretty much nail. And and it was like a 30-whatever, but you miss that, and you are having to answer that question for the rest of the week until the next game. Yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about coaching the NFL is you go, 
well, I'm going to have to answer for this if this fucks up. <laughs> yeah, or but, actually two weeks because they're in a bye. <laughs> yeah, but Mike Tomlin is a is a good coach, and Mike Tomlin's like, eh, fuck it. Eh, I think this is the right decision. Ben's washed. Najee's run enough. Let's just take the win and kick it and here. It, and I agree. It probably is for every other team. I'm just maybe a little uh, gun-shy as being a Vikings fan, but yeah, good job for the All Steelers. Right. You won it. You, you guys got to walk it into the end zone every time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like no, no, no. I'm I'm gonna hold on to it personally. This football until it crosses that that white chalk. <laughs> um, the Seahawks have to play in primetime again. We're getting another Seahawks primetime game. Another uh, Geno Smith primetime game because it's too early to to flex. Yeah. Saints at Seahawks uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, this is a real drat move for NBC. Oh my god, damn it! Oh no, sorry, ESPN. <laughs> my apologies. They're like, oh, fuck. All right, Geno, uh, but. How do we the Manning brothers are back, I think, for this one. That's that's the only saving grace. The only saving go. grace yeah. is we're going to have some of that. But, yeah, I think this is probably a Saints win, um, especially after the Saints coming off a bye week. You know, they're healthy. Seattle's not. Um, I, I don't know how good the Saints are, but I know that Seattle is – if you get 200 yards and a touchdown out of Geno Smith, that's pretty good, and the Saints offense can muster more of that uh, out of Jameis. So even on the road with this rest, I'm going with the Saints. Jameis versus Gino. Who would have thought we'd have this set up for Monday night? Jameis, Gino, here we go. No one's um, happy about it. <laughs> that's right. I like the Saints. Uh I think um you got too much talent over there for the for for the Saints and um Seahawks are yeah, not looking great and I think this team could get yeah could really fall on uh, negative spirits right away because mm-hmm. you don't have rust there and and that's where a lot of the excitement and of, hey, we're a really good team. It comes from. So I like the Saints as well. Uh, let's talk about one more real good game before we take the break because the rest, you know, the rest were good were games. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Monday Nighter, the Titans' big win over the Buffalo Bills. This is another great one back and forth, 34-31. Uh, Josh Allen tried his best, 3 50 plus passing with three touchdowns, but one pick. Tannehill pick, but he ran one in himself. Derrick Henry is just bigger. You know, like we said, two, <laughs> he, two Japanese men. Two, two Japanese he's men. at least two Japanese men. Um, Just, he, yeah. He might be oh, two boy. Scandinavian men now that I think about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, he Man, might be two large squint. motherfuckers. 156 yeah. total from the scrimmage and three touchdowns for that man. Jeez. Derrick Henry makes zero fucking sense because <laughs> he – would you describe him as a power back, Scott? Yeah. Would I you think, say that's yeah. accurate? He's a downhill right? one cut. Okay. So you'd call him a power back. So do you think he's the type of back that can break off a 76-yard run where he reaches speeds of 22 miles per hour and literally – Dusts defensive backs who are that thirty pounds lighter than him. Right. That that the only time I saw that stuff was like when Adrian Peterson would do it, and even Peterson, you you'd see him have to like have to really try to keep that speed up, like the little kicks yeah. he did. This is just a smooth. Just Derrick Henry's like you gave me too much space. <laughs> Why? Why did you let me get going? Yeah, and it, at that point, it's just—it literally was like the second he breaks past the front seven, you're like, "Oh God!" Like you literally start to feel bad for safeties. 
Like that's that's not a feeling you're supposed to have in the NFL. Is oh God, pray for those defensive backs. But you really should. If Derrick Henry's running in the defensive secondary, someone is Ugh. going to get murdered. You can ask Josh Norman. Still, <laughs> one of the greatest stiff arms ever to be rendered unto another man. It was fucking fantastic. But Derrick Henry is the reason why these Titans will make the playoffs if they make the playoffs. And at 4-2, and two, in a pretty bad division, there's a really good chance they're going to be the, the kings of the AFC South, and Derrick Henry's going to be the reason. Yeah, not only that is this game... Prove to me that their defense, well, okay, you know, you're at home in prime time, and that certainly helps out a defense. Like, that's the best situation you're probably in. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a good situation where you're probably going to get something near that in the playoffs because you're going to win this division. So, mm-hmm. okay, that that means that's probably good enough because if you're going to be, if you can beat a Bills team at the, you know, top of their powers, it's what they seem right now. Then, then you could probably hang with anyone in the AFC as long as you stay healthy at that point. Can you do this shit? Sh- I'll say shit. Can you do this shit on the road? Uh, we'll no. see. But this is finally now me going, first time this season going, okay, Titans, you have my attention. <laughs> so I, we talked about this a little bit before. I, when I picked Tennessee, the main reason I picked them is Derrick Henry yeah. and and the fact that the defensive line there in Tennessee is good and gets pressure up the middle with Jeffrey Simmons. When we were down in uh, in the old Music City um, for the draft, when they drafted Jeffrey Simmons, I was like, well, he's going to have to sit out a year, but man, he was fucking good. And since he res- has recovered from his knee injury, he has been phenomenal. He's been one of the better defensive linemen in the NFL. So this was a really good matchup for Tennessee against Buffalo, a team that doesn't really run and, yeah. you know, oftentimes will gash, you know, the Bills will gash you up the center if you leave a lane open for for Allen. With Jeffrey Simmons plugging up the middle, there weren't any lanes for him to escape through. You know, Josh Allen did not have a great game running the ball. You know, he had nine carries, but averaged less than three yards a carry. That's That's sticking it to the man and not letting his wheels hurt you. So good job there. It's... It, the reason why I went with that win was because of the matchup, and I think they – I didn't expect it to be this high scoring, if I'm being honest, but, uh, yeah, I oh, yeah. did expect the win. I think I think the Titans are going to be in these high-scoring games most of the season, and the Bills have proved that they can score up to 30 on just about anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised – you're right. I'm a little surprised the Bills' defense gave up this much, but the Titans, Titans' offense is very good. There's a few plays I need to talk about in this game. Julio Jones's catch – off the helmet, tracking it and keeping his feet in bounds is just classic. I can't like get that one out of my head. I loved watching that. Um, and then the Titans and and I'm, I'm thinking it's Rabel because why wouldn't it be? Try the Music City Miracle on Buffalo again, like you know. And everybody knows the Music City Miracle. If not, you know, look it up. But as a playoffs, that was in Tennessee against Buffalo, like you knew they had this thing. Oh, okay. Well, we want to try it. Let's just wait for week six. Cause that's when they're here, you know, <laughs> and they'll remember this and we'll remember this. So even though it was an awfully attempted pass, like forward by four yards and an awful, uh, illegal play. Oh, you mean I like the music it. city miracle actually was, uh, you love where Frank white checks are. And you know, that shit ain't no lateral. That fucking thing went forward. <laughs> uh, sound like a Rob Johnson fan. Anyways, that was a great game, and it goes down. Yeah, 
in history, and uh, they tried it here. They still get the win, though, so big one for uh, the Titans. Um, let's. You were never, when when he started as head coach, a big fan of Sean McDermott. His decision there on fourth and two when they could have gone to overtime. Um, what do you think? Good decision. Um, I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Listen, my feelings on Sean McDermott don't change when I think is a good decision that wasn't executed properly. Um, right. I've got a quarterback that's six foot five, 240 pounds. I need one yard to win the game. I'm on the road. When you're on the road, go for the fucking win. Um, people say like, you know, go for the win at home, go for the tie on the road. No, fuck that shit. You're inside the five yard line. Get that win. Go get it. Um, there's enough time on the clock that you could attack them from anywhere. I agree with going for it on fourth down. Um, I actually don't even think the play call was bad. It was just bad execution, and, you know, Allen slipped. And when Allen yep. slipped, there was Jeffrey Simmons to make sure he didn't move forward. So, yeah. Yeah, tough. that's all it was. His foot came out from under him. The play before he goes skying and almost got there. I loved the call, the the camera they could show us there on Monday Night Football with the line just straight yeah. up in the air from the the point of the first down marker. That was great. James so, yeah. Territory's like, ah, that should actually be just a, a note card. Shouldn't be a red line. <laughs> yeah, come on now. You guys are getting too exact on too us. Too fancy. But uh, um, another great game. So those were the, the real good ones I really enjoyed watching here from week six. The Buffalo Bills also on a bye week. Uh, seems like all the great teams this season are getting bye weeks week six. <laughs> I guess that's perfect for that uh, Super Bowl run at the end of the season. Am I right, Dan? Get churned up for the run. <laughs> Let's talk about the rest of the games after this break that's happening right now. Uh, we will be back. Into the Hey, thanks for continuing with us. We're back from the break, which means it's time to throw a good amount of games into that old two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but if you're in this section this week, you either kick the shit out of somebody or you got the shit kicked out of you. So uh, here, yeah, it's fucking fun, man. There's like four teams that had a great time and four teams that could not look at themselves in the mirror after the game. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. These are the games that didn't tell us a whole lot uh, moving forward. Or, uh, oh boy, let's get through them so we can talk about next week. All right, uh, clock going. Turbo go. All right, we got the Rams beating the Giants in a scoregami, thirty-eight to eleven. But we all saw it coming. Yeah, good LA team traveling across the country to a bad New York team that's licking its wounds. Uh, they got a few more wounds after this one. Uh, lick away, friends. Lick away. Daniel Jones, three interceptions. Uh, they they held a three-point lead until the Rams put four touchdowns on them in a quarter, in the second quarter, and then it was all over. It's 38-3 to three by the fourth. Continuing, um, let's talk about the Colts beating up on the Texans, 31-3 to three in Indy. 
this is the Colts team we saw against the Ravens that was actually functional and positive, and this is the Houston Texans we expected to see at the beginning of the year. People have enough film now on Davis Mills, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're not very good. Yeah, Colts got uh, three touchdowns in the second half. Texans actually did have nine more minutes of offense, but that's what happens when you have negative three in turnovers. And that Colts stadium looks quite odd when that roof's open. There is a lot of shadows all over that field. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, the Bengals beat up on the Lions in Detroit 34-11. to We all saw this coming. Uh, poor Detroit, man. They're 0-6, and they look <laughs> ready to go 0-17. Could this be the first ever 0-17 team? Oh, God, I hope not, but they don't look good. Lions' first points in this game had eight and a half minutes left in the game. It was 27-3 at that point. Uh, Dan Campbell was pissed in the in the post credit or post credit. Oh my god, the post the presser. Uh, it just it feels like some people are quitting on Detroit, honestly. And then finally, I wanted to throw this one in: Chargers Ravens six. The Chargers Ra- the Ravens thirty four. You and me picked the Ravens, but you know who picked? Or excuse me, you and picked the Chargers. Do you know who picked the Ravens? I thought I picked the Ravens. I did. Uh, I'm pretty sure we yeah, both picked, picked the, the Chargers. They were in the, Baltimore. Did you? All right, you yeah. picked the Ravens. Fine, you picked the Ravens. What, I one. don't pick against Lamar. You know I don't pick against Lamar. I don't know. I I'll thought when we were getting it. into this one, I'll have to. I'll check oh. the tape. Now, if I'm a liar, I'm a liar, and I apologize. But yeah, I love me some Lamar. I I expected this to be because I remember. I remember exactly what I said. I said going across the country loses you three points, and at home gets you three points. And I think the Chargers might be a better team, but they're going to lose it by just a point or two. And I was dead uh. wrong because they kicked the shit out of them. You might be right there. I think you're right, actually. Thinking about it before, yeah. I think we might have been separate on that one. Okay, all right. I give it to you, you and my mom, and I was the only one who, dear God, Chargers let me down. Oh, God, um, but we yeah, can they, spend some time on it. I think they let it. everybody down. <laughs> it was just wasn't really did. was not close ever. It started 17 nothing Ravens. Uh, the Chargers did get their touchdown uh, after just an interception and then missed the extra point. They Whenever it looked like Chargers were going to start to get something going, they just didn't. They'd try for a fourth down and not convert. Yeah, this the game started punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown. And at that point, you could feel the Chargers go, oh, shit, how are we coming back from this? And the answer was, you didn't. Um, you know, the Ravens' defense was good enough that if you spot them a two-score lead at the beginning of the game, they can probably hold on to that, especially when Lamar starts balling out. Um I, it's funny, I started Lamar in fantasy because I do love me some Lamar um, and did not have a great fantasy game, but when you watched him in this game, you go, oh, right, this is a potential MVP of the league. This is a former MVP of the league. He was under, he was in complete control of this game this entire time. Justin Herbert didn't look bad, but Justin Herbert was trying to make more plays than he needed to. Justin Herbert was playing hero ball, but he never got the hero's ending. You look at the stats for this game, and, and nobody looked like they had a good game. But even the Ravens put up 34 points. In fact, it's hard to figure out where all that came from when looking at that stuff. But, yeah, uh, nonetheless, it was a very one-sided game, which kind of scares you with the Chargers. And it, and it begs you to ask the question, Dan, who's the who's the best team in the AFC? Uh, right now it's the Ravens. I think it might be. Right after this one is kind of a, it's a statement game when you do something like this. And with the Bills losing too, um, it, it it asks up the question. I think these these teams are in the conversation, and 
if the Chiefs can figure out what's going on there, maybe. You know, those are the kind of the ones I'm thinking of. But yeah, we see what happens. Um, the Ravens are going to lose Ronnie Staley for the season. Huge. That's big. Yeah, that's very big. Um, You're starting left tackle. You can't you can't do without that. You know, this is this is why you got rid of Zeus Jr. Is you know you thought Stanley was going to be your guy for the rest of the season. I I don't know if they've got a plan to replace him. The one thing I will say that's advantageous, uh, sure is easier to replace a left tackle on a run-heavy team than it is on a pass-heavy team. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the one advantage that they have is you can you can kind of just ask even an adequate or replacement-level player to go, hey, why don't you run block uh, for about two series in a row and until we feel like you've sufficiently uh, pushed the defensive ends uh, back enough. Right. Yeah, so. with Lamar Jackson, if you feel like you can't block the like the best guys that you're going up against, let him run past you, and he'll just jump up ahead of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be. Um, the Ravens are at home this week, but it's the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. You want to talk about good teams in the AFC? Now, yeah, they did beat the the lonely Lions, but they did it convincingly, and they look good, and they got a lot of talent over there. Uh, this could be a statement game if the Bengals make it happen. But uh, what are we thinking? In Baltimore, well, the Stanley thing gives me pause because the Bengals actually do have a pretty good front seven. They've got a good front four they can get after the quarterback. However, once again, it's in Baltimore. Baltimore can run on this Cincinnati team. Cincinnati does not defend the run very well. They defend the pass. They don't defend the run very well. Um, so I, once again, we just you just ask the question: Who's the hottest team in the AFC? I can't pick them at home to lose against a Bengals team that is getting better, but is by no means a world beater right now. This Ravens team looks like a world beater. Yeah, and when I say yeah, I think this is the uh, the Bengals litmus test kind of thing for me. Is you look like you're you're a pretty good team, but can you hang with the best teams? And I think the Ravens yeah. are are making themselves one of those. So I'll take mm-hmm. the Ravens until the Bengals can prove it. But this is your opportunity, Bengals. So I like the Ravens. Uh, a few more games we can talk about. The Detroit Lions are going to L.A. It's the Goff Stafford. How's my, you know, it's the wife swap return. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do we think? Be sure Lions to wash your ass. Yeah, the, the Lions are going to get fucked up. Yeah. Because you, you know what's not going to happen? Jared Goff is not going to get into that rock locker room and fire up this team. <laughs> that shit's not going to happen. I would not be shocked. For Jared Goff to suffer the greatest indignity of his career and be replaced by David Blau at halftime. Oof, yeah, because Dan Campbell it was asked straight out about uh, Goff, and you know that's that he needs to step up, and he, he, you know I think he needs to take, you know start start uh, playing, you know playing some big plays. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, there's no. <laughs> and then Dan Campbell ate uh, an entire coconut uh, without <laughs> shelling it. He just bit it open, swallowed the whole thing. Swallowed it up. Um, yeah, Campbell's Campbell's losing his mind there. So either he <laughs> fires up this Detroit Lions team and they have the mother of all upsets in L.A. or the Rams take care of business, as they have been doing this season. Yeah. So the Rams look good. And then Let's uh, talk Dan about... Campbell breaks Jared Goff over his knee like Bane. <laughs> or that, or that. It's, uh, it's not a it's not a 100% unlikelihood. I'd say it's 99% unlikely. 1% he breaks his back like Bane. Okay, 99-1. All right, yeah. all right, those are some odds there, taking some bets. 
Um, the Panthers, you talked about how they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey here for a few weeks because they are, they're going to New York. They're playing the Giants who have their own injury woes. In fact, the Giants, after as soon as they started things getting better in that game, like Kadarius Tony showing up. Oh yeah. Now he's going to be out for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like if you're the Panthers team, this actually is a must win game. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're the Giants, it's not a must win because even if you win, it doesn't fucking matter. Like the <laughs> NFC East, barring a meteor strike, is pretty much wrapped up with the Cowboys right now. Um, but the Panthers at three and three, you've got to go four and three to stay alive in the NFC South. You've got to take this one on the road against an injured Giants team. I have to take the Panthers because if they don't win this fucking game, we're in free fall. Panthers. Um defense supposed to be very good uh they they looked it in the first half of this vikings game but honestly afterwards the vikings offense gashed them pretty good i don't Mm -hmm. think the giants have that ability to do that because of just who they're yeah i have to march out there now i'm I'm hoping that saquon barkley is healthy from a fantasy team i'm hoping he gets back out there but even if he does he's gonna go right back on a pitch count thing because why do that to a man in another what looks could be a loss season but you're at home you need to win some games for your fans i'm just not going to pick you i like the panthers too um colts going to san francisco coming off a bye it's colts at 49ers it's going to be fun um i would say a healthy 49ers team barely edges this one out uh just because they're at home after a bye once again if you're just looking at points i think indy is probably the better team if i'm being honest right now especially if they're healthy but if San Fran is healthy and they're at home with this rest, they've been looking at an indie film for two straight weeks. I, I think it's barely a 49ers win, but I'm going to give it to them. We talked about how this Colts team and the fans are feeling a little let down because they, they should be a whole lot better than maybe they were putting out there. And then they came in and, and played amazingly at home and took care of a, well, it's a Texans team. So are we really excited or is it just the Texans? I'm worried that it might just be the Texans and a road yeah, all the way over there to San Francisco, coming off a bye and the time to, to plan out a game. Um, maybe the Niners will be healthy a little bit, so I'll take the Niners too. Uh, but, yeah, let's see the Colts, you know, fight it out here, especially yeah. being an AFC team. Go get the win, Colts, just for playoff seating later. Anyways, um, let's continue on. Let's talk about some more games. From last week, the Kansas City Chiefs, Win in Washington, 31-13. to 13. Uh, Chiefs fans maybe sweated a little bit the first half or just were like, stop screwing up, Mahomes. Two interceptions is enough in a half. They take care of that. They, they fix it in the second half. Three Chief touchdown drives are pretty much all we watched. I don't even want to talk about this game because <laughs> I want to talk about the fucking complete bullshit that this Washington football team pulled with that Sean Taylor fucking ceremony. Yeah, yeah, let's head on that. That is some disingenuous horseshit. Washington has got all these scandals swirling around them, and they decide, fucking decade plus after it happened, that they're going to retire the number of Sean Taylor, a really, really talented former Miami safety, a guy who had some legal issues and some, some troubles in his early career, but, you know, had a family, had a daughter, had a had a wife or, wife or girlfriend that he lived with. My apologies, I'll look that up. Um, was living in Miami, not doing anything wrong. He's got his house broken into, and they shot him in the leg, and they killed him. And 
it was when that happened, I remember going, God damn, Sean Taylor was a fucking was a beast. I still remember the hit he put on Brian Mormon in the Pro Bowl. Mm. Uh it, I mean, that's that's a football player. Sean Taylor was a football player. He's a great safety. He's going to have an awesome career, cut short, um, and was a Washington legend. To use him and his memory as a obfuscation yeah. of these things that are happening on your football team, what a real piece of shit Dan Snyder is. Like, every time I think he can't do something, like, shittier and more lascivious... Like, he just finds a fucking way. The guy's actually kind of amazing. He's such a huge, smarmy piece of shit that he even fucked up the retirement ceremony for Sean Taylor. Like, how do you do that? What kind of a piece of shit do you have to be to use a family's grief over a decade later to get some sort of weird social media satisfaction? And every the nice thing was, luckily, everybody saw through the bullshit. Everybody yeah. was like, wow, fuck you. Like, <laughs> everybody was so mad at him for doing this with Sean Taylor that nobody gave a fuck that they lost this game. Nobody gives a fuck that the Washington football team looks like shit. Ron Rivera, if I'm him, I- I'm out of here, man. At the end of this year, I don't care what the record is. I don't want to coach for this Washington team anymore. They're not going to win the NFC East. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Why the fuck would you want to stick around for this team? And why is Dan Snyder still the owner of this franchise? No, no, he shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, the report is because there was photos. He showed up because the family had a little breakfast thing before this game in a hoodie. You know, just yeah. doesn't give a shit. Just a casual uh, they, fuck. They got the the number there, um, not on the field, not in the end zone or on on stickers or anything, but spray painted on the sidelines and then roped off, and that's just where they stood. Uh, the people who did the halftime celebration and the halftime celebration had no speeches nothing from just other than marching him out there and, and unveiling the the uh, thing that he gets his retired number. So congrats, uh, Sean Taylor and everybody. That's uh, great. Let's go into the second half and watch the Chiefs <laughs> kick our ass. And maybe, what? you know what, it, doesn't that kind of make sense that yeah. you had a good first half, you were looking good, you, you go into halftime kind of feeling good about a Washington team, and then oh, that's right, they're going to do this. And then, oh, that's right, we're playing Mahomes and the Chiefs. If if I believed in ghosts or I believed in the afterlife, I would hope that Sean Taylor came down and went, nah, fuck this, fuck you, Washington. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I ain't a part of this shit, fuck you, man. He's like, he's like, I hope Miami retires my number, fuck this place. He's like, I was going to be a free agent in two years and I was going to be the fuck out of here. Uh, God, yeah, what a, what a piece of shit Washington was, man. What a piece of shit. <laughs> God, I hate this franchise. Uh, let's, let's talk about next week. The chiefs in Tennessee, they're playing the Titans. Ooh, that's a little fun AFC matchup. This is very fun. I, I just picked Tennessee against the bills. Yep. I am picking the chiefs against Tennessee. Oh, okay. Now what? I think the matchup is better for this team. I think, I think Mahomes is a little bit better of a quarterback than Josh Allen. That's no slam on Josh Allen. I think Josh Mahomes or uh, Josh Mahomes. Oh, imagine if they bred. Oh. Imagine if they no, had a baby. No, we're not ready for that. No, no one is. <laughs> I think Mahomes' wife would be like, mm, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. He'd somehow end up on the Packers, and I'd be like, oh, God, forever. <laughs> you know, after Jordan Love concludes his Hall of Fame career. That's right. Uh, then there's this <laughs> love child. Yeah. <laughs> what a disaster of science, but oh boy, that's a 70-yard frozen rope. Uh, Jeez. I, I'm, going, I'm going to pick these Kansas City Chiefs to go on the road against Tennessee. 
I still think Tennessee is going to give them a hell of a game. But once again, this is another must win for Kansas City. And the AFC West is back alive again. Oh, yeah. um, you know, the Chargers had a chance to kind of put this away if they went across country and beat the Ravens, but they didn't, and Kansas City's right back in it. You, uh, yeah, if, if you're right about this one, I'm going to be super upset because I'm taking the Titans. Uh, because <laughs> what, like, uh, the reversal that that would be, too, would really piss me off. But I, as bad as I think the Titans' defense is, like, as far as an Achilles heel, I think that it's even worse for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And I'm finally questioning that the Chiefs can probably have a hard time against a team that can keep up with points and, you know, a home team like that. So I'm going to take the Titans at home in this one. I'll tell you this. Chiefs are paper. Titans are rock. Bills are scissors. Mm, yeah. It's just so that, let it be right? written, so let it be done. That, I literally just think that's the way it's going to go. Um, and what are yeah. the Ravens? Uh, dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> dynamite! <laughs> Let's talk about the NFC North match. Uh, Packers beating the Bears. Packers owning the Bears. We'll get there. 24-14, oh. we picked it. No, that's the story of this one. The uh, um, Bears were in it. They 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 put on the fight here. It was 10-7 Packers at half, but um, because of the, the good running game by Herbert in filling 115 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, opened things up for Fields, who... Yeah, they had him throwing down the field a lot in mm-hmm. this game. But uh Aaron Rodgers <laughs> runs in a game with touch a game ceiling touchdown just to scream at the fans, I own you. I fucking own you. I still own you. <laughs> Is I'm sorry. If that was if he had said that under oath <laughs> in a court case, everyone would be like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no uh, no lies here. I detect well, they zero are. lies. And I, that's the thing I I'm a little encouraged with Bears fans. I didn't I didn't ask any of my my friendly Bears fans outright because I don't I don't feel the urge to do that to them to you know kick dirt or salt in the eye. But <laughs> I feel like most of them, from what I've heard, they're they're saying they're like, well, yeah, Aaron, that's true. Why do you, why do you have to point it out? I'm already having a bad Sunday afternoon here. <laughs> I I'm I'm reminded obviously I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I'm not. The man's very hel- you know, very handsome. Uh one of the greatest of all time and he's dating Shailene Woodley uh, or engaged to her. She's lovely. I'm not Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. However, I also taunted a section of Soldier Field a couple years ago when the Cowboys came into town and beat the ever living shit out of the Bears. And I remember they were beating the shit out of him. And it's like the third or fourth quarter, and the Cowboys score another game, another touchdown. And I turned around to this section, and I had pretty good seats. We were, we were in the end zone. And I said, yeah, you fucking like that? Yeah, your team fucking sucks. Cowboys, baby. Cowboys kicking the shit out of you. And I said it real loud, like trying to start a fight, because I was younger yeah. and I didn't have kids or a wife. And, and three rows back, a guy goes, yeah, man, we know. <laughs> and that was it. It wasn't like Bears fans do a pretty good job of like, hey, man, we know what the fuck is going on. Like Bears fans are not stupid. They get a little overexcited, but it's a good, smart fan base. The Bears fan base is smart. They understand football. They understand what's happening. They understand that Aaron Rodgers is both the devil and the boogeyman, Hmm. and they want no part of him. And Aaron Rodgers getting what might be his last game at Soldier Field, getting his digs in. 
Just yeah. making sure to be like, by the way, fuck you. I never <laughs> forgot that fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I love a shit talking Aaron Rodgers. Don't you know? It feels like that. It feels like that's why he did that because he was like, this might be my last opportunity. So there you go, everybody. And yeah, that that's. And it sucks too because it's Aaron Rodgers and it's true and he could keep <laughs> on doing it if he wanted to. So you just hope it ends soon. Um, because there was that even that opportunity and that little flash of glimmer in the in the uh, leading up to the season that maybe he wasn't going to do it this season, but here he is doing it again. They uh, are at home with Washington football team heading there. So if nothing else, maybe Aaron Rodgers can put his uh, powers to good use against Daniel Snyder's shit team, huh? <laughs> what do we think, Dan? I think everyone can agree. As much as you may not like the Packers, boy, howdy, do you want to see the fucking Washington football team get this shit kicked out of them? God, <laughs> isn't that just satisfying? So, I mean, you know I'm not picking the fucking Washington football team. So, uh, yeah, go Aaron. Maybe you can own another franchise, and maybe you can replace the current owner of it. I'm not picking them either, but I, I, I'll cheer for them, you know, feel gross about it because I need to. Um, but I like the Packers as well. Of course I do. Um, let's talk about the Thursday nighter all the way back to then. Uh, I watched this one in the city of uh, land of enchantment, excuse me, Ooh. Buccaneers beating the Eagles 28 to 22. Uh, it was all Buccaneers to begin. They were up 21 to seven at the half, 28 to seven in the early third, but the Eagles did fight back, um, had a, uh, turnover on downs that delayed it to the point where they were kind of just too late to bring this one into a one-score game. But they did, and then it was all for naught. I mean, the Buccaneers went full prevent defense when perhaps they hit 28 that to 7. Yeah. You know, it, you hit 28 to 7 midway through the third quarter. I turned this fucking game off, if I'm being honest with you. And, uh, you know, I don't... Listen, I enjoy seeing the Eagles get beat, but I don't enjoy seeing them get, you know, curb stomped. Um Good for them for fighting back and making it a game, but it was it's all academic. To me, this was a 28-7 to beatdown, and that's how it felt. And then the fourth quarter just seemed like they were getting in extra exercise, and the Tampa Bay team was like, hey, let's try a couple different weird packages. There's no way we lose this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Eagles fans are getting a little upset. I hear that they need Miles Sanders to kind of do a little bit more. They're They're not really wanting to run the ball too much other than just option plays. It's a lot of that back there. Um, maybe that's just me wanting him in my fantasy. <laughs> going a little bit more, but he really isn't being used, and I feel like he's a weapon that could be. Um, but, but yeah, we saw this come. The Buccaneers, again, look like a, a team to beat in the uh, NFC. Dan, they're the only ones that have beaten the Cowboys so far. It was a long time ago, week one, but still hands there. Um, I want another shot, baby. I want another shot. <laughs> There you go. The uh, Buccaneers go home. They got the Bears coming to town. It's Bears at Bucks. Battlestar Galactica. Dan. <laughs> beats. <laughs> um, and, yes, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beats Bears. Uh, yeah. I, I just, once again, the Bears offense is not very good, not two-dimensional, or let alone three-dimensional. Um, and the Bears defense is good, but Tampa just can attack them with too much. You know, they... They could get Leonard Fournette running uh, steadily. You can get, you know, if Gronkowski comes back healthy, there's 
too many weapons. Um, I I think it's an easy Tampa Bay win, especially at home. So I got I guess I have to ask you this because it is heading into Week Seven now, and maybe it's because they are defending champs that it got retired because. When the blasts occur off the starboard bow and we hear these things blow, there's usually a call that is sought out when, uh, when this team is up for a win. Is there not, Dan? Um, yes, I believe it is. Uh, I believe it is all aboard. Yeah. A vessel leaving port. Wow. Uh, headed for fun. And, <laughs> headed um, for fun. By the way, arm the galley, arm the cannons, and fire the cannons! There we are. Fire the cannons. Buccaneers winning uh, over the Bears this weekend. I, I like it too, obviously. Um, <laughs> I think Tom Brady might w- look at this one as a little like, I got to get over that embarrassment of losing to him last year and thinking Four? I thinking I had another down. Didn't I have another Four? down? Four downs? No. Could the Bears do it again? Could they do it on the road? I- I'd be surprised, so I'll take the Bucks. Um all right, uh, there's only a few more games here left for the next last week. The Cardinals beating the Browns. It wasn't a close one, 37-14, but it becomes an impressive win. Cardinals remain undefeated, and the Browns, a very, you know, what we thought, uh, a strong team in the AFC, ooh, really banged up after this one. Yeah, Baker does not look good. Um and that's not a judgment on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has gotten the shit kicked out of him. He has a torn labrum. Every hit he takes after that hit, basically for the next three or four plays, he's he's in a pain fog. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I'd be at the hospital, so I, I can't blame the guy for it. But you've got to give him a chance to get healthy. Um, if he's the future of your franchise, you've got to give him a chance to get healthy. You've got to start Case Keenum, see if he can get healthy. Um Kareem Hunt down with an injury. Um, Chubb, you know, Nick Chubb is already out for this Thursday night game. This is a, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is not at 100%. Jarvis Landry, not at 100%, not playing. So all of the offensive weapons that we thought these Browns would have, they're all hurt. Yeah, um, and I, it's funny, I set this up, so we'll talk about the what the Browns have to line up against the Broncos for Thursday night, but that's that's the first game out for the week, so I'll save that for the last. Yeah. Uh, this was just, yeah, it, it, when they had opportunities to kind of bring it back, Beckham dropping the ball on the slant at the five, like, oh, boy, that's not going to do it. And the uh, Cardinals don't miss these opportunities. Uh, they had five sacks in this game. They were chasing, uh, you know, J.J. Watt just, just chasing him, uh, uh, Mayfield down, Murray four touchdowns. New Hopkins has a, a screen where he just dances around two guys from the seven and takes it in. It looked, it looks like the Cardinals can can keep up with anybody now, and this is quite surprising. I have to be the first to say that heading into the season, I was looking at it going, okay, the Cardinals believe this is the lineup here to do the type of offense that they want to do. Spread it out, Murray, run this thing correctly. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, then that's it for Kingsbury. I think Kingsbury's gone. And I was saying that, and it's like, okay, well, I'm wrong. It does work. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Kingsbury's okay. going to do quite well because, yeah, this thing's it's sideline to sideline, and, and even as good as the Browns' defense has been looking, they can't keep up with it. And this is the second time they've given up this many points in two weeks. 
I mean, this is a this is a tuned up Cardinals defense. This is a tuned up Cardinals offense that is just loaded with talent. Um, but the Cardinals defense, even the spots where they're not amazing, um, they're getting good production. You know, they've got a young linebacker core. They've got a young secondary. They're doing enough. You know, I I was honestly worried they would lose the leadership of Patrick Peterson, but J.J. Watt seems to have slid in there uh, pretty nicely, um, yeah. filled in pretty good. But, yeah, this is a complete Arizona team. They're complete offensively. They can run. They can throw the ball. They can defend the run. They can defend the pass. Uh, their special teams is actually pretty good as well. Um, yeah, this is a complete Cardinals team. I, I'm worried about them. I mean, they're 6-0, and and they deserve to be. They're 6-0, and and it's not going to get too much difficult next week. They're back at home with the Texans coming to town. I think we're looking at a 7-0 and Cardinals. Yeah, so the Cardinals are 7-0. and My apologies. Um, <laughs> there's just a just a one quick little thing they got to take care of, and then they're right back to 7-0. and That's um, right. Yeah, this, I, I feel bad for these Texans. A uh, you know, late afternoon primed start to a 325 start Texans at Cardinals. I'm not sure why the NFL is doing that to us, but... We got a we got a tiny week of games because of all these bye weeks next week. Um, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Let's talk about the last game of the week: Raiders Broncos. Finally, Dan, when I got on you, uh, the Raiders yep. won this one. They rallied around the uh, the backup coach. So thirty four twenty four, and really, Derek Carr had a great game: three forty one, two touchdowns, two two Drake, and their defense with five sacks, three of them from Max Crosby. Got him a seventeen to seven lead at the half, and you know, just yeah, they were up a, a good amount, thirty-one to ten at the start of the fourth. You called this, um, you know, I, you were like, I, I'm calling the rally, and it absolutely rallied. I mean, I know that this end score was thirty-four to twenty-four. It was not that close. Right. Uh, <laughs> this was a thirty-four to ten game. This was a beatdown. Um, they kicked the shit out of this Denver team. The Broncos were never in this game at all, and Teddy just had a couple garbage-time TDs, but also threw three picks, so he's got to do a much better job of taking care of the ball, um, especially against a opportunistic Raiders team. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm the Denver Broncos, we're in a very similar situation to the Carolina Panthers. You started 3-0, and nobody believed in you. Now you're 3-3, and and everybody goes, okay, now what are you? Are you a four right. and three team or are you three and four? You know, what what are you now? You have an opportunity to prove it this Thursday. Yeah, the, they they started off really hot, but and then you looked at who they played and you know, maybe that was all that was. But yeah, this is a uh it they're, it's not over for them yet in this season because of the no. hot start, so figure it out. Denver, you got a shot. Uh the Raiders, yeah, I, I it goes one or two ways, doesn't it? Always with this times where uh that sort of thing happens. It's and it wasn't because of a talentless thing, and that's why they have there's a coaching change. You know, this was extenuating circumstances. So because of that, I, I felt confident enough that the Raiders and and Derek Carr and them would would feel it like, well, then we have to prove that this is our chance. And and the Broncos were a weak enough to, opponent that they could do that. So the Raiders aren't done, dead yet this season. They can maybe spring this back. They are at home against the Eagles this week, so they got an opportunity to think keep this thing rolling. So Vegas showed me something this week. Um, one, they showed me the, to not forget that they are a talented team. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for all that stuff surrounding John Gruden, they probably would have beaten the Bears too, if, if we're being honest. They looked flat against the Bears. So this is very much a team that could have been 5-1 and one 
at the end of this game, and we're talking about them in a pole position for the AFC West. So, right. you know, bear that in mind. Um, that Bears game was an aberration more than it was a sign of things to come. I thought it was a sign of things to come. I was worried. Um, that being said, I'm very glad that was an aberration because now they have to face the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me yeah. very happy. I love that so much. Uh, this is a good Vegas team, and I can feel really comfortable saying that they're going to kick the shit out of the Eagles. I really like this. Yeah, I like the matchup here even. Um, the Raiders' pass rush was very good last week um, uh, against the Broncos, and it's going to get uh, even rougher here for, for the Eagles. And so, yeah, I like the Raiders in that one too. And then here was the one we pre-prefaced, Dan. The uh, Broncos going to... Uh, to Cleveland here for the Browns. Broncos at Browns, Thursday night football. This is our kickoff one. The The game's coming far too quickly for these Cleveland Browns as they will be down both of their starting running backs. Uh, there's a chance both of their starting tackles, both of their starting wide receivers, and, yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield's off-throwing shoulder is coming out with non- uh, contact according to Baker himself and that presser. So yeah, it it makes me think that the Browns should be a better team, but I'm I'm having some I'm on the ground here of thinking I might need to pick the Broncos in an upset against what a Case Keenum led Browns team. <laughs> I I'm picking the Broncos and I don't think it's an upset. I I think really? it's an upset from the Browns you saw at the beginning of the year, but if you if you actually name the starters <laughs> of this Browns team on Thursday, you'd be like, oh, yeah, the Broncos should kick the shit out of them. Mm. Um, offensively, very problematic. All Teddy Bridgewater really has to do is not make mistakes against this pretty good uh, Cleveland defense. The defense is not suffering. Um, it's the offense that's really anemic, and against a Broncos team that gets turnovers, gets pressure, um, I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Broncos' defense is going to take this over, and it's going to be a close game, low-scoring game, but I'm giving it to the Broncos on the road. Yeah, yeah, I am too, and it's it's unfortunate because I think this is a stopgap for the Browns' season. As long as they can get healthy from here, they're going to be a team that can compete uh, throughout and into you know the postseason because they're built that way. So because this is happening on a Thursday short week and you don't have anybody ready, it's it feels like a hey anybody who's super injured here, don't put them out there in front of that. Give them the opportunity, treat it like just a a, a you know long week, a bye week as you can, and hope that you can sneak out a win here at home against a, a Broncos team that's that's having some issues. So maybe, but I I got to go with the Broncos against a very banged up Browns team. It's tough. Okay, that's it though. We made it through the picks. We made it through everything for this week because we threw four games in two minutes. No offense, <laughs> and we've got a uh, shortened week here for the buys. Good amount of teams on buy, and we've got four teams coming back from buy as well. So we'll get to talk about your Saints and Falcons and uh, 49ers and Jets that are returning. Um, so Dan, to get us caught up on the picks, because I thought you had the chargers when you had the Ravens, I think you're up one on me. I'm pretty sure so. now you have 61 correct and I'm at 60 here. I thought, uh, it just even, but no, a nice week from you two up on me. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I took some gambles, you know, yeah. um, I, I took Jacksonville and I, I took Tennessee and I, I that's think right. that's the difference. 
Um, Obviously, the Baltimore, yeah, the Baltimore Cleveland thing, or Baltimore uh, uh, Los Angeles, was tough. It was a tough decision, but I love me some Lamar. Uh, but yeah, I I gambled on the Jags and gambled on the Titans, and I'm, you know, hey, if you gamble with me, I'm averaging ten a week. So <laughs> even even with fewer games, it doesn't matter. I seem to be getting ten a week. There you go, guys. So yeah, if you're betting along at home. Uh, you know, just keep going and then you should come out on top, right? <laughs> uh, but that's it though. That's our show for this week. So thank you guys for, uh, for joining us. We've got another one coming next week with hopefully both of us smiling again. Cause that's what makes this easier. Oh, well next week we'll, we'll just enjoy regular football. I guess we get a little off week. You, you and me, yeah. um, we It'll better be, be happy, otherwise our personal life has gone to shambles. <laughs> no boy. So yeah, no. Everything uh smiles next week and then uh one of us will be you. gloating the final. No, you'll one. be sad. You'll be very sad. Two oh. weeks. All right. You'll be very sad. And we're gonna all remember shitty about it. We'll make we're gonna all remember shitty. this. I'll be like, Oh man, that was so fucking easy to kick the shit out of your team. I'm moving on to crazy stats. <laughs> 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 I got a few I just got two here. All right. Um the Steelers Tight end, Eric Ebron. I want to give you his career rushing stats now. <laughs> he has five carries in his career, negative six yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, I think a couple of those were in Indianapolis, were they not? Or yeah, Detroit like or something. Year. He's been, yeah, Detroit, Indy, and, uh, and Pittsburgh, so... Yeah, we'll see there. And then finally, another rusher, uh, this one on the opposite ends of, uh, of the yards, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry currently leads the league in rushing at 783 yards. <laughs> um, to put this in context, he also has, after first contact, 587 yards after first contact. That's more than who is in second place, Nick Chubb, with 523 total yards on the ground. If, if he keeps this up, He's averaging 130 yards per game, yeah. which would put him at over 2,200 yards for the season, just rushing. Let's I, do it. Why not? I, I mean, this could be one of the first times that a guy rushes for plus 2,000 yards where he's not even in the top three in MVP voting because there's some quarterbacks out there balling the fuck out. I mean, as much as I love him because you put him against – you know, is he better than Kyler Murray right now? Is he doing better than Dak? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I know he's the best running back I've seen in the last 10 years. They gave it they gave it to Peterson when he went over 2,000, but he came up nine yards short of the record, and they gave it. They gave him the MVP. So if Derrick Henry puts 22,000, if he blows out that record by a by a good another, was it, 100 yards? Yeah, he might, oh, yeah. They might, that might take it. That might take it. So we'll have to keep an eye on that this season. But but Derrick Henry did this last year. He rushed for 2,000 yards last year. He'd be the first person ever to put back-to-back 2,000-yard yeah, seasons on the board. He'd have to, I, I mean, yeah. you I mean really, but that's the thing. Even without the extra game, he'd still be over 2,000 yards if he keeps up this average. It's insane. Right. That's right. There's an extra game, too, yeah. But, yeah, we'll have to keep that in mind, too. All right, but that's it. Hey, Dan, let's give you some here. Poor part. Oh, my God. Hey, Dan, take two. And three, two, one. <laughs> hey, Dan, let's have the parting words of wisdom. If you just so happen to be walking down a dark alley, just so happen, 
and you hear someone rumble and you can't quite make out what they're saying you as a fool get closer to this noise this person grumbling this thing that you can't understand it's a little inaudible you lean in you lean in and finally from the darkness emerges Aaron Rodgers <laughs> saying <laughs> I own you and you know it's true. And you give him everything in your pockets because he does own you. Because he's the goddamn Baba Yaga. <laughs> God, Aaron Rodgers is fun and I hate his guts. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do. Well, on that note, thank you guys so much for joining us in another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Parting short story of wisdom, I guess.